Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Psalm 119.16. This has been constantly on my mind this week. Uphold me according to your word that I may live. So simple, but such beautiful words just to allow your heart to declare continuously. Sustain me. Bear me up. Lean upon, support Upon your word, not upon my words, not upon the words of man, but upon the words of God, which are the perfect words in a time such as this. My words may fail me, but his words will never fail us. You know, I love that God has so perfectly um, prepared us for the season that we're walking in right now. He knew this exact season that we'd be in at this exact time. And feel free to call me crazy. But amongst the frustration and the sorrow, I'm actually really excited about where God is and what he's doing and what he's going to do in this season. Don't get me wrong, I grieve with those that are sick. I grieve with those that have lost their jobs or their businesses. Our next season doesn't come out of a season of joy but out of a season of pain and one of heartache. This season will test us in ways that most of us have never been tested before. But I know that he is with us. I know that he will sustain us. And I know that he will lead us through this season. I love our vision for this year, the stewardship of words. And who would have thought when we were meditating on that and bringing that as a vision this year that It would be only our words that we would be left with at the end of the day. As we embarked on reading the Bible as a church together, that that would be the thing that would unite us each and every day as we open our Bibles on the same scriptures to share in the Word of God every day. I love that. It's our anchor. It's where we all stand together. Right now, everything else has been stripped back. It won't be long before you probably won't even be able to binge watch Netflix because the rest of the world is doing it and your internet is going to slow down that much that you're not even going to be able to enjoy your favourite show. So we're going to have more time on our hands. Fantastic. We've all wanted more times. And you know what? We are the church in this season. And even though we can't gather together in these four walls as the church, we need to remember that we are the church of God and that we have an answer that the rest of the world is looking for in this season. One little trick, we've got to get that answer out there. We have to use our voice and we need to get out the hope of Christ in this season. And I guess for us females, it's probably going to be a little bit easier than for you blokes. So if you've got a bloke sitting beside you right now, why don't you lend him a few of your words this week and say, go and use these. Find another guy to use these words on and give them away freely. 
Anyway, this morning I want to share with you about two very important people in the Bible who used their words. So if you've got your Bible handy, why don't you grab it and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Just to give you some background on this story, it is about Zacharias. Now, Zacharias was a priest and he was married to Elizabeth. And as you may know, Elizabeth was barren. The Bible says that they were both well advanced in years. It also says of them that they were righteous before God and they walked in his ways. Zacharias' lot fell to burn incense in the holy place. And interestingly enough, um, it was only potentially once in a priest's lifetime that this amazing privilege was bestowed upon him and many didn't get the opportunity to. So it was one of those um, perfect moments for Zacharias to step into. So when he stepped into the holy place, everyone else waited outside and they prayed as he went in and they waited for him to return. So where we're going to pick up the story is in verse 11. Read with me. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will also go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and who was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute, and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. What an incredible passage. Firstly, let me say, how merciful is God to Zacharias in that moment? If I'm God and that is the response of Zacharias in that moment, I'm going, you know what? I obviously got the wrong person. I retract what I just said. Don't worry, I'm out of here. But no, God's will is fulfilled despite all of us. Zacharias heard all that the angel of the Lord said, but he spoke from a place of unbelief. Isn't it amazing that he had been praying and believing all this time for a child? God sends an angel, not just any random angel, but the angel Gabriel, and says to him, your prayers have been heard. Your petitions have not fallen on deaf ears, but God has heard it and he sent me to tell you that you're going to have a child. Zacharias clearly knew his wife was barren and he knew that it would take a miracle for her to have a child. 
So why, when that miracle came, could he not receive it? Doesn't it make you stop and think for a moment? How many things am I praying for that I'm not actually believing that God will answer? Was his prayer more of a whinge or out of habit or was it an expression of faith? Oh, I'm sure in his early years of marriage that it was with heartfelt faith that he petitioned before God and cried out for his barren wife. But we're talking more than likely 50 years down the track that Zachariah's prayer hasn't yet been answered. I think Zachariah's life is where the classic mum statement has come from. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Zacharias, if you can't have faith and speak my truth, then don't say anything at all. Zacharias' entire life changed in that moment. He was a priest. He is now deaf, mute, unable to hear or speak. His livelihood has completely changed. His duty was to listen to people, to give them wisdom and counsel. This he can no longer do for almost a year of his life. He can't do anything but bear the shame of having been made deaf by an act of judgment from God. Can you imagine, though, Zachariah's first message? After his son John is born and after his speech returns to him, the faith that would have welled up in that man. The, the testimony of God and his goodness that would have come forth after that instance. Oh, how his words would have changed. So let's take a moment and contrast the life of Zechariah, a 70-plus-year-old man, to that of a 13-year-old girl, a teenager. Will you join with me in Luke 26, chapter 1 still? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the six months of her who was called barren. For, the, 
For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Unlike Zacharias, Mary's response isn't one of unbelief. She does believe. She simply seeks to understand how it will happen. And then she responds with submission, with faith, with humility. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Who was this mighty woman of God? Or rather, should I say, who is this mighty child with her faith? As a child, I think if we're contrasting Zacharias and Mary, this is our key. It's her childlike faith. And then she responds like no one other. She doesn't jump to, but what if? But God, what about Joseph? What about my family? What about my community? What, how, what? She doesn't go into meltdown, which I'm sure most of us would do in that moment. Unlike Zacharias, she hasn't had to stand through 50-odd years of waiting to see God answer a prayer. She has the faith of a child, a child that's grown up in the ways of God, a child that's been handed down the wisdom of generations to believe in God and to know of his acts and his goodness. Without any regard for the implications, she rests in the purpose of God as his servant. God said so, therefore he will. Zacharias knew of a God who opened the womb of his ancestors. Think of Sarah, think of Hannah. He knew it was possible. Mary, on the other hand, being told that she would give birth to a son of God without ever knowing a man. Talk about a requirement of faith. Are you a Zacharias or you a Mary? If you're more identifying with Zacharias today, then don't despair. God is merciful. And if you're willing, he can help you become a Mary. He can bring you back to that childlike faith. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We are carriers of life or of death. God couldn't trust Zacharias to bring forth life in that season, so he had to shut his mouth until he was ready to bring forth the life of Christ. Luke says, a good man out of the treasures of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. God knew that Zacharias was a man that loved him. But he also knew that there was this little corner of his heart that doubted what God could do because of what he'd walked through. What's in your heart today that's coming forth from your mouth? Is it fear or is it faith? 
Does God need to shut your mouth for a season so that you can gain a new vocabulary? Or are you speaking his vocabulary? God's people are always his instruments. Now more than ever, our words are God's instrument. We may all be isolated physically, but we're so blessed, unlike so many generations before us that have have gone through something this crazy. We have a phone, we have social media, we have the ability still to connect. Some very wise person said to me today, your body has to react to the information it's being fed. So what are you feeding it? Your body has to react to the information it's being fed. So what are you feeding it? If you feed on fear, fear will come out. Church, I'm not saying that we have to pretend that we have it all together. What we're walking through is so real. For some of you already, You've lost your jobs. For others of us, we're wondering, is it next week? Is it the week after? Are we going to be in this place for weeks or months? We don't know. We hate not having the answers or being in control. For some of us, our our worst fears are coming true. Imagine isolation 24-7 with two children. Dear God... But let us be like David in the Psalms. Let us be real before God. Let's let's pour out our hearts to him and say, God, I don't understand. I'm struggling to have faith. God, it breaks my heart for what we're walking through right now. But God, you are faithful. But God, you are ever present. But God, you will never leave me nor forsake me. Church, he wants us to be real. But he wants us to be able to reach into the depths of our heart and pull out the truth of him which resides within each and every one of us. Uphold me according to your word that I may live. I'm not upheld by the words of Christian. My words will fail me each and every day. But God's word, God's word is what will sustain us, church, in this season. It's what's going to carry us through. God's word within us is the hope to humanity right now. It's that word that we need to get out. Can I challenge you today? Church, let's make today the Lord's day. Let's fast COVID-19. I challenge you to stop yourself if you go to talk about it today. I challenge you to fast the news for today. I challenge you to stay off social media. I challenge you to call someone and have a faith-filled hope conversation of God. I challenge you to put on worship music in your home and give God your today. Take a break from the world today, church, and just breathe. 
breathe him in today. Breathe in his word, breathe in his truth. And let everything else just fall to the ground. It's not going anywhere. It'll still be there when you wake up tomorrow and you can catch up on all the news. Fill yourself up with God so that when he speaks, you're ready with a faith-filled response of let it be to me according to your word. Church, we've got to get our words out there like never before. We need to be so full of the wisdom of God that when we have a conversation with someone, when we read their post or when we're on the phone to them or interacting with them, when they're speaking from a place of fear or despair, we can release the hope of God into their world. We can transform their world. Don't ever forget that we are the church. No matter where we're meeting right now, you are the church. You are God's sons and daughters. You are his hands and feet. You are his chosen. And you are well able. You are more than enough. You may feel so inadequate in this season, but can I tell you that when you step into a space with the Holy Spirit, you will be amazed in what he will do in your life. Will you bow your heads with me now while I pray for you? Oh, God. Father, we need you like never before. Lord, we thank you that we do not walk through these times alone. God, we thank you that you are bigger than any giant in our life right now. That you are bigger than unbelief that you are bigger than our financial challenges, that you are bigger than our sickness and our strife. God, we declare right now that our hope is anchored to you. God, we declare right now that we are going to feast on you, that each and every day we are going to open your truth, your word, and we are going to get it in us like never before. Father God, that we are going to be so fat on the wisdom of God that that's what's going to flow through us to the world around about us. God, right now we stand with the ones that are grieving, for the ones that have lost. God, we pray for your hand of mercy upon them right now. We pray for your peace that passes all understanding to be upon them, Father God. Lord, I pray for your provision for ones that are walking through a, a season of loss, Father God. God, we know that you are our source. And so, God, with all that we have within us, we cling to you right now. We set our eyes on you. Each and every day, God, we focus on you. Lord, open our ears like never before. May we be led by your spirit in our life. Pick up the phone, respond to a text, reach out to somebody, whatever it may be. God, lead us, use us. Lord, may our lives glorify you like never before, Father.
Lord, we love you. We honour you and we thank you for what you're doing in this season. Church, we love you. We miss you. I miss you. I can't believe that we don't get to see you every Sunday, but know that our hearts are with you. Know that our prayers are with you. Know that we are standing with you each and every day. And as Josh said, if there is anything that we can do for you, reach out. None of us are meant to do life alone. Each and every day we're doing it with him and we're doing it with each other. So let's not forget that. I don't know about you, but I could handle a little bit more worship right now. So wherever you are right now, just lift your heart to him and let's just worship and praise the King of Kings this morning. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.